Hello and welcome back to City Jazz Radio. It feels good to be back, finally, after last week's debacle of not being able to go live, which was pretty disappointing. I'm just going to check quickly on this computer, make sure that we are in fact live, and we are, finally. It's taken a while, Um, but this is the first episode that I've been able to broadcast perfectly on time, that I am perfectly live, that is perfectly recording as well. And yeah, I'm just in a great mood and ready to do today's jazz episode, which is Japanese Jazz Fusion. And we'll get onto that soon. But first, I want to talk about some live jazz that I've been to recently. Um, I mentioned two weeks ago, actually, that I would be going to see Cassiopeia. Not Cassiopeia. Sorry. My mind is on <laughs> Japanese jazz fusion um, because I'm obsessed. Oh, I think that's the best way to put it. No, I went to see um, the Ezra Collective in concert, actually. And my God, it was astonishingly good. Um, they brought out some special guests, including Loyal Kana, Koji Radical, JME, um, Emily Sande as well. And it was just, it was an excellent performance. Um, my favorite song, Victory Dance, they played like a one minute snippet of it about halfway through. And I was pretty disappointed, to be honest, because I was hoping for more. And then at the end of the finale, they decided to play like a 15 minute version of Victory Dance. Um, and that was just, I don't know, that completed uh, my Ezra Collective experience. I've seen them before in Cheltenham. I would say their performance there was better because it was a smaller venue and the atmosphere was more... I feel like it was easier to get into. However, they didn't have quite the live guests that they had before. Um, so it was pretty uh, It was pretty good. It was kind of entertaining, actually. There was, um, there was this woman stood next to me and Tommy. I went with my friend Tommy. And... Um, she she was a uh, let's say she was about I want to say seventy five I think that's a good estimate and she uh she was pretty plastered to be honest um and she was drinking red wine and throwing it everywhere and just being very overly friendly let's say um in fact too friendly um, at one point she put her arm around my waist and I was a bit taken aback. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is Ezra Collective. You're going to get some pretty cool characters. I'm not saying she's cool, but some pretty, like, vibrant characters. We'll put it that way. Um, because they're an amazing band, and they really invite people who are enthusiastic about hip-hop and jazz and reggae. Um, so that was great. And then after that, I recently also went to see Herbie Hancock's Headhunters. It was a performance at the Jazz Cafe, which was an excellent venue, actually. If you can believe it, I hadn't been before. And Herbie Hancock himself was not there, tragically. Um, But the band introduced themselves as some of the greatest artists in the whole world. And I've got to admit, it was true. Uh, We were a little suspicious at first, uh, the album was released 50 years ago, 
it was the 50th anniversary of the album actually that's why we went to the concert and um they came out on stage and they were all about 70 plus in fact uh tommy looked it up and one of them is like 73 to 78 or something i think he said which is a pretty broad range but anyway and my god i was just bowled over by how impressive they were at that age and i don't know how give me one second so in um if you listen to this one second sorry i've just decided that i want to do this um if you can hear the um flute sounding noise in the background of while i'm talking you assume as i did for most of my life that this sound is a flute um we were pretty confused when we realized that it was not actually a flute but it was instead a man and a beer bottle um which was amazing and it shows the sort of versatility of herbie hancock's band and their use of um sort of not sort of atypical instruments um and so to actually i'm gonna play some music um, and then I'm going to talk some more because I realize it's already been, I've been speaking for six minutes straight already. So I'm going to get on to some Japanese jazz fusion. What we're going to be listening today, we might as well call it the Cassiopeia, um, episode because the set list is mainly Cassiopeia. You may have seen the set list already. I had posted it on Spotify due to last week's, uh, inability to go live, but we're going to start off with some Cassiopeia from their album, Cassiopeia, really inventively named. And we're going to start it off with a song called Time Limit, um, which is one of my favorites. And here it is. Thank you. 
So that was Time Limit by Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia, I speak about a lot. Um, they are sort of the, what you might call the album cover for this radio show, um, which was done um, by me initially and then redesigned by um, Morgan. And we have um, an interesting set list today. Uh, like I said, a lot of Cassiopeia. And Cassiopeia has a really like special place in my heart. Um, I have some very good memories of me and uh, Tommy driving around in my car, listening to Cassiopeia, um, kind of, you know, scatting the, scatting the songs to each other. Great times. And one of my most played artists on Spotify, actually, uh, which is probably why I've included... I'm not going to say too much because I don't think it is too... I don't think you can have too much Cassiopeia, but I've included a lot of it. Um, I've included some from their Cassiopeia album, from their Mint Jams album, um, and I've also included some of Cassiopeia P4, um, which is their current iteration, um, because they're quite an old, old band. Um, I keep saying, I'm, I'm going to stop that. And... I've also included some other Japanese artists. A quick overview is Cassiopeia, uh, like I said, uh, Makoto Matsushita, Ryo Fukui, uh, Masayoshi Takanaka, Kyoto Jazz Sextet, uh, and like I said, some Cassiopeia P4 from their album Unity. And so before I get onto that, I want to talk about the final concert that I've been to. It's been a busy week. Last night, I went to see Josh Barry and Corey Henry in concert. Um, I'd actually never heard of Josh Barry before last night. He was very good. Very R&B, not as jazz-like as I thought. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. He was an excellent performer. Reminded me a little bit of Bruno Mars, although for those who don't know, I am a massive Bruno Mars fan. As much as I like jazz, Bruno Mars 
maybe one of my favorite artists of all time. Maybe my favorite artist of all time, actually. And so saying that he reminds me of Bruno Mars is a huge compliment, but also not quite true because no one can quite live up to that standard. However, Corey Henry was such an amazing performer. His jazz is very... Um, I'm trying to think of the word. It is very gospel jazz. There's very church-like influences in it. Um, he plays the piano and sings as well, uh, which is very impressive because I didn't know that it was always him singing on his songs. His backing singers, again, amazing, and his band. But to be honest, it was his piano solos uh, and singing that just tied it all together. Amazing. It was at... Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the place. There's a some venue near Tottenham Court Road that I'd never even heard of, around the back somewhere. Uh, and it was a really good venue. I enjoyed going there. We got a spot right at the front. In fact, we had a spot right at the front at both Herbie Hancock's Headhunters and at um, Corey Henry, which is very impressive. However, the... Uh, Ezra Collective was not quite the same. We were sat almost right at the back of the Royal Albert Hall, which is an enormous venue, so we were pretty far away, but didn't stop us from having a great time. And yeah, so for now, I'm going to play another Cassiopeia song, and then we're going to get on to talking about what Japanese jazz fusion actually is and look at some different artists. So this is another song from the Cassiopeia album and this is called Midnight Rendezvous and this is probably my favourite song from the album Um, here it is I hope that you enjoy Thank you. 
An excellent song, Midnight Rendezvous. I had it blasting out of the speakers in the studio. I was um, singing along. I cannot get enough of Cassiopeia. Um, during the song also, I got a text from my mom. She's listening live, so shout out. Um, and now I would like to talk about what Japanese jazz fusion really even is. Um, so obviously, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the name is, at least. Um, it's Japanese, it's jazz, and it's fused with other genres. <laughs> um, but what those other genres are specifically is mainly blues and funk, um, kind of like a mixture um, a hint of bebop as well, and mainly, like Herbie Hancock that we've used before, using synthesizers and digital music technology. Uh, so that's kind of how Japanese jazz fusion came to be. So the actual history of it, I, I've looked this up before. Uh, I don't know why, I was just interested, I think. Uh, but jazz itself was introduced in Japan because uh, Filipino musicians that... So the Philippines were an American colony and Filipino jazz musicians went to Japan uh, through, like, ocean liners. And so it was slowly incorporated into... Japanese culture, but like I said, it's not your typical, what you might call American jazz. And that's because of the distance it traveled, that's because of the sort of overlap of different cultures that it went through. Uh, and so what we have is a quite distorted version of Jazz pop, you might say. Uh, the song that I played as the episode started, which was also on my Instagram, Stay With Me, is a prime example of that. The Japanese jazz fusion is quite poppy and quite funky and actually doesn't have the blues infusion that it originally did when jazz first came to Japan. However, jazz in Japan isn't all poppy. Um, and so next I want to play you a song by the Kyoto Jazz Sextet, um, who I have been listening to for quite a while actually. And I heard this song played once. Uh, I thought it was quite underground. Um, but I heard it played once at the King's, no, the UCL Jazz Society actually, I'm thinking. And they did a really good improvisation off of it. And it's quite typical jazz. It's not what you would necessarily call Japanese jazz fusion, maybe just Japanese jazz. But either way, this is Extra Freedom by the Kyoto Jazz Sextet. And listen out for the sick saxophone sounds.
that was Extra Freedom by the Kyoto Jazz Sextet from the album Unity. It's a good one to check out. Uh, the Kyoto Jazz Sextet itself was formed um, from a section of the Kyoto Jazz Massive, which is a very famous Japanese jazz band. And it was formed by the producer Shoya Okino to celebrate the Kyoto Jazz Massive's 20th anniversary. So it's kind of like a special project for the Kyoto Jazz Massive. And like I said, I've been listening to that album for a long time. And Extra Freedom is, once again, one of my favorite jazz songs. And it's really, it's like a joy to be able to, uh, it's like a privilege and a joy to be able to spread this music to you guys because it's stuff that I've been listening to years and it's stuff that I think a lot of people haven't heard before other than the select few that either, you know, actually listen to my playlist when I recommend them to them or people who already know it. Uh, Because I do have a few friends who are very into jazz, but the majority of them aren't. And the majority of them, you know, they say jazz isn't quite their thing, but they understand why people like it. But this is a radio show that's trying to make jazz your thing and trying to show you the sort of versatility that jazz has. And I think that Javanese jazz fusion is a very very good way of doing that through its expansion into pop, traditional jazz, jazz funk. I think it's a very accessible genre. And I do think that it would be worth checking out the set list for this. It would be worth checking out some of the artists that I've mentioned, Cassiopeia, Ryo Fukui, who are going to play next, um, Masayoshi Takanaka, and, like I said, the Kyoto Jazz Sexter, or really the Kyoto Jazz Massive, because they are the more famous, more... They have a greater discography. They're the people that really you should check out. But next, I'm going to play for you uh, Ryo Fukui, who I will talk about next. This song is called It Could Happen To You, and once again, some more traditional jazz, you might say. Here you go.
it could happen to you. Rio Fukui. An excellent song. And when I say it could happen to you, that's the name of the song. I'm not saying... It's not a threat. I'll say it that way. So, a little bit about Rio Fukui. Because he is... And he had an interesting career. So, he learned the accordion initially, which I find quite interesting. And then when he was 22, he taught himself piano and then met with some other sort of famous jazz artists that he took inspiration from and learned from. And then, which is very interesting, in 1992, he went to America and he met Barry Harris. Um, my mum's listening in. I wonder if she could tell. I recommended her the other day to listen to Barry Harris's solo album, which is a very good jazz album, a showcase of real ability uh, on the piano. And I wonder if she can uh, notice the overlap because uh, Fukui became very good friends with Barry Harris and Barry Harris sort of became his mentor. And that is how the sort of overlap between Japanese jazz and American jazz is once again showcased. It was a genre that specifically originated from American jazz. And that sort of overlap and collaboration really showcases that. Anyway, one of my favourite songs to listen to, which isn't quite as jazzy as some of the stuff I've been playing, but still has jazz influences, is a song by Makoto Matsushita. Uh, And I've listened to this a lot. I remember playing this to my family in the car. Can't remember where we were going. And trying to get get them all to be silent to listen to the piano solo uh, as they were all talking. Probably unsuccessfully. But anyway, Love Was Really Gone is... I think it's quite a famous song. I don't know. But I've played it to someone before. Once again, can't remember who that is. And they already knew it, uh, which I was surprised at because I feel like this genre is one that's not... As accessible as it is, it's not very well known in the UK, at least in Japan. In Japan, it's uh, pretty pretty well known, you know. But this is Makoto Matsushita uh, with "Love Was Really Gone."
<laughs> ah, I keep turning on the music. I did this last time. Keep turning on the music in the studio so that I can vibe to it myself without having to keep the headphones on. And I keep forgetting to turn it off and it makes that horrible sound. But I apologize. That was Makoto Matsushita. The piano solo in that is uh, amazing. Like I said before, it's one that I tried to convince my whole family to shut up for one second in the car so that they can listen to it uh and yeah it's just captures me every single time i listen to it you know pretending to play the keys in the studio here whilst humming along but yeah um so about makoto matsushita i don't really know much about him to be honest because depending on the time no, we won't have time, actually. I went to play his song First Light as well from the same album. Uh, actually, the l- album is called First Light. And it's a very, very good song that you should probably check out afterwards if you can. I will once again be posting the set list. It's on Spotify. Maybe I won't repost it, actually, because it's already on my Instagram. But it's easy to find. Also, if you want to find my Instagram... Um, I'm pretty sure that the tag is City Jazz Radio and you can access from there my Spotify. You can access the City Jazz Essential Albums playlist, which would be good to check out. We've got some Cassiopeia on there and some Royal Fukui as well. And you can also access 
set list five, which is the set list for this week, even though this week is week six, because like I've said before, last week we were unable to go live. I was pretty... We'll say that I wasn't the happiest. We'll put it that way. <laughs> but then after that, I went to the Ezra Collective concert and that put me in an excellent mood. So it's all good. I've recovered. I think it may have been the person before me, to be honest, who mucked about with the... Um, oh, God. Hang on one second. Technical issue. I'm just going to put on some music. This is... Um, Masayoshi Takanaka and his song Rainbow. Masayoshi Takanaka is um, one of the most famous Japanese jazz fusion artists. I, before the show, I don't know why, just looked up Japanese jazz fusion artists to have a quick think, is there anyone that I might have forgotten? And you'll never guess whose name was. I think he was top of the list. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was top of the list, though. And once again, I thought he was... 
one of the more underground Japanese jazz artists. I know at the top you've got Ryo Fukui, Cassiopeia. They're some of the most famous ones. The Kyoto Jazz Massive as well. Pretty well known. Um, but apparently, so is Takanaka. Um, I hope I'm not butchering his surname. But I'm saying it how it's spelt. So I hope that that is correct. We did have a quick technical difficulty just then. The computer decided to stop working and have a bit of a Windows error or something it said on the screen. But apparently, we didn't stop being live. So it's been quite a successful episode so far, actually. And it has come to that time of the episode. It is quarter to two. And that means that we're on the requests part of the show. Um, we only have technically two requests today. Uh, so if you're listening live, please drop me a message if you have a request. But the first one is from my dad. And we've got some um, more typical, uh, maybe classical jazz and some amazing vocals. We've got a song that pretty much all of you will know, and it was requested by my dad. Uh, so shout out to my dad. Thank you for requesting. I really appreciate everyone's support on the show. This is Feeling Good by Nina Simone, uh, a person who needs no introduction, and so I will not give her one. I'll simply let the music speak for itself. Feeling Good by Nina Simone. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. fly out in the sun you know what I mean don't you know butterflies all having fun you know what I mean sleep in peace when day is done that's what I mean and this old world is a new world in a bold world for me It's a new day, it's a new life for 
that was Nina Simone. Once again, a song that I'm sure everyone listening knows, but everyone listening also will have been really enjoying listening to, like I was. In fact, I may have been singing along. Um, although my voice isn't nearly good enough for me to actually admit to doing that. So as far as you guys know, I was just sat in silence in this room. Anyway, um, up next is... I asked my girlfriend if she wanted to request anything for the next show. And instead of coming up with something new, she instead sent me a screenshot of some of my the music that I've recommended to her. Um, which I'm just going to take as the liberty of having my own request. Um, I'm choosing from the list of stuff that she sent me. Um, and so what we have here is some Roy Hargrove, um, who I've spoken about before. He was the founder of the RH Factor, if you remember listening to uh, them during the Neo Soul Week. And he is a very famous trumpeter. He actually passed away recently, but artists such as the Ezra Collective, again, the RH Factor, who he founded, have taken great inspiration from his music. Um, and so this is from his album, Ear Food, which is one of the only jazz albums that I find ridiculous I do not own. And this is Strasbourg slash St. Dennis, and it really is a showcase of the best that jazz has to offer. So here we go. This is my request, kind of cheating here, but oh well, this is Roy Hargrove.
I hope that that showcased Roy Hargrove's extreme talent to you. He is my friend Tommy's favourite jazz artist. I hope you won't mind me saying that. I am assuming, but he cannot shut up about Roy Hargrove sometimes. So surely it must be. Um, we only have five minutes left, so I'm going to summarise and then play our final song to finish. So today has been Japanese Jazz Fusion. I really enjoyed today's episode, actually. I feel like it's gone quite smoothly and we're starting to, you know, get into this radio show. Check out City Jazz's Essential Albums playlist. It's really good at giving you sort of a base knowledge for some of the stuff that we're talking about here. And go follow the Instagram as well. Next week, we're going to be looking at jazz in the movies. This is separate to another episode that I will one day do, which is Disney Jazz. Uh, So this will not be including jazz from Disney movies, but it will be including jazz from movies such as Whiplash and La La Land, which are some of my favourite movies. And especially La La Land is one to watch for the lovers of uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Sorry, I forgot Ryan Gosling's name there for a second. And especially since it is a story of someone who does not like jazz falling in love with jazz. So I'm going to sign off now. Thank you for listening to City Jazz. And I'm going to play an absolutely amazing um, jazz song now. Um, And this is by uh, one of my favorite jazz artists ever. Here we go. Yeah, no, I'm joking. It's not Pitbull. Uh, That seems to be a running joke on here. Can we please stop that joke? Everyone seems to be requesting Pitbull at the moment. And it's not going to be Pitbull. Instead, (laughs) I want to play to you uh, a final Cassiopeia song. This is, mm, let's say, my second favourite. And this is called Freak Jack. So have a great day to everyone who hasn't suggested Pitbull. And everyone who has maybe don't next time and you won't get ridiculed again so have a great day thanks for listening and this is freak jack by cassiopeia i've been charlie mace this is city jazz thanks